1: Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. Today is uh, June 10th, the day before my 62nd birthday. Uh, I'll be talking about that at the end of the show. My father taught me at every birthday that you should take inventory of the previous year and the accumulation of your years and where you are. And I want to share some of that insight, uh, those insights with you. Man, I'm getting dark riding the motorcycle uh, in the beautiful sun is just uh, bleaching me. I mean, I'm sorry, drenching me with sun, not bleaching me. Uh, lots of LL37 and 25 OHD going through my bloodstream right now. Very protective uh, during these types of conditions. Of course, uh, we have to thank uh, my title sponsor, which is Legendary Foods. Uh, they make a very huge contribution to the show that keeps it going, really. Without Legendary Foods, I, I have to stop and go find somebody else. And uh, they have put their shoulder behind the show because uh, Ron Penner. Uh, one of the original founders of Quest Nutrition, and now uh, he and his wife Shannon have uh, founded Legendary Foods, which has all the markings of the same success that Quest had. Wouldn't be surprising to me if EatLegendary.com or Legendary Foods sold for a billion dollars eight years from now because that's what they did with Quest. But anyway, he truly believes in the mission of this show. He doesn't look at this show as, well, what's our ROI, although that is important to him. But he believes that we are saving and changing lives with this show because you know what I say, the new evolutionary selection pressure is where you get your information from. It's not famine. It's not ice ages. It's the information that you choose to believe and apply to your life that will either lengthen or shorten your life and the lives of your children and loved ones. And so it's very important that shows like this and others, I'm not the only one, uh, keep talking about things you won't hear in the mainstream media and really the people who watch and listen to this show are a decade ahead of anything uh, that you're going to hear on Dr. Oz or any of those other shows and uh so eatlegendary.com the coupon code is SHR you get 10% off everything don't forget to try the tasty pastry it's it will fool you you'll think it's a pop tart but it has less than one gram of sugar, nine grams of high leucine, high-quality protein, less than three to four impact carbs, and tastes delicious. So you can feel like you're cheating, uh, but you're not. Check them out. Bring my guest on now. He's famous, actually. I've heard of him way before we had a chance to uh, look at his study, and that's Dr. David Harowitz. How are you, Dr. Harowitz? Uh, good. And it's Richard Horowitz. I'm way. sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I apologize. You know what? You know, what's interesting
0: is every time I've been doing these interviews for years, everyone gets my name wrong, whether it's Fox television or whatever it is. It's I'm, I'm actually have to wonder at this point. Maybe I should just change my name.
1: Well, wasn't David Horowitz uh, a, 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 a consumer advocate fighter? Wasn't that him that that started the uh, consumer uh, magazines and stuff like that and fought for our rights to get good products underwriter's laboratory? Wasn't that David Horowitz? I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, but if it was a Horowitz, he probably was fighting for the right. thing. Yeah, things. there you go, right? It's probably a, it's a, it's a marking of the last name, so that's great, Doctor Richard Horowitz. I'm sorry about that, and, uh, and I have heard of you, and we're going to do another show. I'm going to tell everybody who's watching right now, like Carl, why aren't you talking to him more about Lyme disease? He is on the forefront of treating Lyme disease. Uh, I know about him because my cousin told me about him, and uh, I, I'm, I'm so excited not just about today's show which we're going to talk about the efficacy of glutathione therapy uh, and treating some of the uh, pneumonia-like side effects or no- pneumonia side effects of, of COVID-19. But we will have him back on the show in, a, in about a month to talk about emerging research in Lyme disease because Lyme disease is where menopause used to be. Women used to go to the doctor and say, I don't feel good, my life sucks, I'm miserable. And the doctor would say, it's in your head, go home. And that's what they do with Lyme disease now. With women, women understand HRT and how to feel better about menopause, but, but but people don't understand how to feel better about Lyme disease. And you're on the on the bleeding tip of that spear. So we will do that show. Okay. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Okay, so let's get on with the uh, important information at hand here. You have just published two studies, actually, one that Elisa found, and another one that was just released today. We're going to talk about that today. Why this study? Why? Why did you look at this in the first place?
0: You know, it's interesting. I've been doing Lyme disease now for over 30 years. I've treated over 13,000 chronically ill patients. And the reason that most of the Lyme patients with co-infections get sick is because they have an inflammatory reaction in the body. And these inflammatory molecules, they're called cytokines. And when the COVID research started coming out, I looked at the inflammatory molecules and I said, well, that's quite interesting These are the same inflammatory molecules I've been blocking for Lyme disease patients for decades. I said, I wonder whether glutathione and some of the things I've been using for Lyme, which are efficacious, would work for COVID. And lo and behold, it started working. So I thought, you know, this is important. I've got to get this in the medical literature. And I've got to share this with people because right now everyone's searching for solutions. And these are natural supplements. These are easy things that everyone can do that can protect themselves theoretically from the worst effects of the virus.
1: So I'm going to expand Your area of discussion today Uh, because the reality is that when we talk about inflammation, we're talking about the army of the immune system. And when we talk about the immune system, we're really talking about the gut to a great degree. But more importantly, we're talking about just about every single chronic disease today finds uh, an inappropriate inflammatory response either As a component of it or at the core of its origination. When we talk about autoimmune disorders, we're talking about inappropriate inflammation, uh, going after specific tissue, whether it's Hashimoto's, it's hitting the thyroid, whether it's rheumatoid arthritis. And even now, we know now that osteoarthritis is, in fact, an autoimmune disease. It was thought to have a mechanical, like if you're overweight, your knees wear out, But then they started saying, well, why are these overweight people getting arthritis in their hands and in their neck where there's no mechanical loading? And when we look at it, we realize that osteoarthritis has a lot of the same hallmarks as rheumatoid arthritis. It just moves a lot slower. So what we're talking about today just isn't applicable to COVID-19, but probably all diseases that have a powerful inflammatory component. Would you agree with that broad statement?
0: Absolutely. In fact, um, in my two books, Why Can't I Get Better and How Can I Get Better? I discuss inflammation being the common denominator under all medical diseases, whether you're talking about Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, strokes, rheumatoid arthritis, asthma, COPD, uh, all of them at this point. And in fact, I teach this to doctors. I just did a training last weekend. One of my slides exactly was that. Inflammation is the number one common denominator underlying most chronic disease.
1: Yeah. So getting back into your wheelhouse, but keeping everybody that's listening, I want you to think about this in your own situation. If you have a disorder that you're chasing that has an inflammatory component, listen to this information because it applies to you as well. So what did you do with this study? You you had two, two people, is that right? Right. So we've actually
0: treated more at this point, but initially what happened is uh, there was a patient who had been coming to me for many years. Um, he still had some low-grade Lyme symptoms, but was able to work at a very high-pressure uh, job. And um, I hadn't seen him in actually probably eight years. He was doing okay. And he contacted me and said, hey, doc, I'm starting to come down with uh, you know some symptoms. I've got a dry cough. I've got some shortness of breath. I've got fevers. I've got diarrhea. Um, I've got a sore throat. He started complaining of all the classic symptoms of COVID, And fortunately, we I hadn't seen him in years, and we did blood tests the month before. And we looked at his inflammatory markers and to get to see if he had active Lyme or co-infections. We didn't really find much. Um, and I said to him, because he was really sick, and at home, I said, listen, um, I've used glutathione in patients with Lyme disease and Babesia, which is a tick-borne parasitic co-infection. I said, I've looked at the cytokines in COVID. Why don't you try oral glutathione? Uh, Glutathione is normally made by your liver. Your liver has six pathways in the phase two pathways. One of them is glutathione. And usually we think of glutathione as the master antioxidant of the body. It detoxifies chemicals. It takes out heavy metals. But one thing that people don't realize is glutathione is antiviral. Apart from all of this, it's actually been published against hepatitis virus, Herpes virus one, HIV, dengue virus. So we gave this particular patient two thousand milligrams of glutathione all at once, and within one hour, he said, "Doc, my shortness of breath from COVID pneumonia." He was a DNA PCR positive for COVID. He had gone to the ER initially, and they said, "We don't know what's wrong. We'll we'll do tests." His COVID came back positive by DNA PCR. He showed up on there as COVID pneumonia and looked like he might have to go into the icu in a respiratory care unit and within one hour of taking glutathione he was better he then got a nursing service to come the next morning that gave him an IV injection of glutathione over 10 or 15 minutes and then told me it was even more effective and we were able to keep him out of the hospital in the icu i mean he was going in the wrong direction and glutathione with n-acetylcysteine nac which is the precursor of how your body makes glutathione And alpha-lipoic acid, which is a very powerful antioxidant, which regenerates glutathione, NAC, alpha-lipoic acid, and GLUT were the three things he was on. And what these do, apart from lowering inflammation, is they block a switch inside the nucleus of your cells called NF-kappa B.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. When NF-kappa B gets turned on, you get tumor necrosis factor alpha, interleukin one IL-6. All these inflammatory molecules come out. And the beautiful part is, is that we've been doing this for decades for Lyme and it exactly worked with COVID pneumonia. So now we published on two cases, but we've actually had now uh, several more cases. And my colleagues on the paper, James Persese, who's a medical student, he's at medical school and people started calling him up about it and they started trying it. It also was working. So we really need a randomized controlled trial, but I'm I'm certain it's going to work because I've already seen it work in other patients.
1: So let's let's dive a little bit deeper. So- it's interesting dots to connect things that are pro-inflammatory thicken the blood things that are anti-inflammatory thin the blood a lot of people when they look at COVID they focus exclusively on the hypercoagulability of uh, or, the, or the increase in thrombotic index uh, of blood saying that oh this is how it gets you this is no and actually that's a side effect of an increase in, in, in inflammation people don't get that do they.
0: That's exactly right. You hit it right on top of the head. When people are getting these high D-dimers, which is one of those early signs of clots, early, early studies, they didn't know why people were dying on respirators, like 88% of the people were dying. And D-dimers, they were ignoring it. And now they know if you have a high D-dimer and, and you have a high uh, CRP, high sensitivity C-reactive protein, it's a marker of inflammation of interleukin 6 uh, high ferritin levels, low lymphocyte counts, high LDH, uh, lactic dehydrogenase. There are markers now they know. If you have these high markers, your risk of having severe outcomes for COVID are high, but you're correct. It's all from inflammation. So the papers that I published is about blocking inflammation with NAC, alpha-lipoic acid, and glutathione, and also using another way you block inflammation and lower it is by activating a pathway in the body called NRF2. And there are four NRF2 activators that are all natural. Cucurmin, a uh, turmeric is one of them. Broccoli seed extract, sulforaphate glucosinolate, very powerful phase two liver detoxifier. Um, that will lower inflammation and detoxify the body. Resveratrol from red wine. And finally, green tea extract. So we've also been using cucurmin and broccoli seed to stimulate this nrf2 pathway to lower inflammation because as you said very appropriately it's inflammation so we're stimulating nrf2 to lower inflammation curcumin broccoli seed we're blocking the switch inside the nucleus nf kappa b with n-acetylcysteine alpha lipoic acid glutathione and it does seem like everyone we've been putting on this is having a positive effect
1: so the inflammatory response that active that that acts upon the lungs makes the lung tissue less pliable And so as a result of this, putting someone on a respirator and if you've ever found an old instrument that had a bladder in it, like an accordion that sat for 30 years, you know that as soon as you pull it apart, it just splits in pieces because it's no longer pliable. When inflammation hits the lungs and they put you on a respirator, they're forcing the lungs to expand and contract. And the lungs don't want to expand and contract because the pliability and the durability of the lungs have been sacrificed to the inflammatory response. These people come out of the hospital recovered from COVID, but with lifelong lung damage that, they, that just ruins them for the rest of their lives.
0: Yeah, it, it's absolutely true. And, and the thing that people have been ignoring in the medical literature is when I did a deep dive into the literature to find out in the lungs what was going on, one of the things I was shocked about is in bacterial and viral pneumonia as well as ARDS, acute respiratory distress syndrome, which is what, one of the worst complications of COVID, the one thing they found is low glutathione. So they found low glutathione in the lung tissue in pneumonia and ARDS. They found low glutathione in the blood and low glutathione in the, inside the cells when people had viral bacterial pneumonias as well as acute respiratory distress. But no one has done a controlled trial using glutathione so you're correct i mean the people were dying on the ventilators because there was a perfusion mismatch they weren't getting oxygen but it was because of the clots it it was because they didn't have pliability of the lungs they weren't oxygenating and in fact this new article that i just published in the journal medical hypothesis it just came out today uh, three novel prevention diagnostic and treatment options for covid 19 needing controlled trials We discussed for the people on the ventilators that there's an old drug. I took it when I was in Tibet a decade ago at 15,000 feet called Diamox, right? Diamox is a drug, acetylzolamide, that pushes oxygen off of your hemoglobin sites so you have more oxygen available in the Mm. body. And, you know, so people are now looking at, you know, monitoring. You can now do a home pulse ox. I suggest that people get a home pulse ox machine because some of these people in covid they're texting on their phone and they've got oxygenation rates of like 55, 60 percent. Like, you know, they're really severe. Right. They don't even know it. So home pulse oxes are good. But acetylzolamide needs to be studied because it would increase oxygenation. And exactly what you talked about with the lung. There's a drug called sildenafil, which men use as they get older for sexual function.
1: Phosphodiesterase 5 inhibitors. Yeah,
0: you got it. Well, guess what that does for the lungs? It gives you more respiratory power. And this is all published in the literature, but no one has used it yet for COVID. So the reason we published this study is we gave people ideas on drugs like um, ivermectin. It's a parasitic drug I've used for years for parasit- parasites in my Lyme and Babesia patient. It's been published in two studies now that one dose, high dose of ivermectin in these people's on ventilators, the mortality rates went all the way down. It lowered the viral load by 5,000 fold within one dose of this thing, within 48 to 72 hours. It killed the COVID virus in the test tube. And we've been giving it to patients and finding within hours, they're telling us they're better like with the glutes. So I published this article to raise awareness and say, listen, these most of these are natural supplements, but ivermectin is safe. It's tolerable. I'm leaving on vacation next month and I'm I'm taking some ivermectin along with me if, God forbid, I get exposed with lots of glutathione and NAC and alpha-lipoic acid. So two grams of glutathione, was this oral that you gave them? That's correct. So for the people that don't obviously have access to IV, I've been using oral glutathione for three decades for Lyme patients who have what's called Herxheimer reactions. Right. When your body is killing off the bacteria you get an inflammatory response well when you look at the cytokines these inflammatory molecules that come from herxes with lyme they're the same ones as covid that's how i knew that this should work and lo and behold it did so yes it's oral glutathione people can get it and you know online they can get it from good pharmaceutical companies um we use both liposomal and regular
1: l-glutathione live on labs used to be a longtime sponsor of mine they just left this year actually to put more effort in social media but i have boxes of of liposomal glutathione here and at the house and i do take it so um and those are about 550 milligrams each so you're suggesting taking maybe four of those a day well, yes. Yeah, so, so
0: in the average, I'm telling people probably for those people who don't, who've never been on supplements like this, 600 milligrams of N acetylcysteine twice a day
2: mm-hmm.
0: will help your body to make its own glutathione. So, I, I'm over 60 now. So, I take 500 of glutathione twice a day, a gram uh, to detox my body, help with antioxidants. But for people that get COVID, for people that say, I can't breathe. I've got an elephant sitting on my chest. Um, I've got this tightness with the shortness of breath. Then I would give them 2000 milligrams of glutathione all at once. And I would even repeat it two or three times a day for several days. Uh, But for an average person like you or me, that's healthy. Mm -hmm. You can get away normally with lower doses, but you want to increase those doses if you have risk factors, if you're Older, you're male, you're over 60, you've got hypertension, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, emphysema, asthma, immunosuppressed, cancer, uh, low testosterone, low vitamin D, right? All the stuff you're finding with COVID that's a risk factor. You might want to take more of it to protect your body.
2: What
1: about what about COPD? So they give N-acetylcysteine for COPD, but they go—they do that to break down mu- mucus buildup. But it obviously helps these individuals breathe. Is it helping them breathe better the same way that glutathione helps people breathe better when their lungs are highly inflamed yes except there's
0: one difference with it which is um you normally need bronchodilators to open up the lungs when they're tight and what most people don't realize about glutathione is it combines with nitric oxide in your body and it makes something called um glutathione with combined with this nitric oxide molecule which is a bronchodilator so i have asthma And I've increased my glutathione to 1,000 a day now for for years. As long as I avoid the foods that I'm allergic to, because I'm someone who's histamine sensitive to like dark chocolate, too much coffee, I don't get any asthma symptoms. I don't need my inhaler anymore. But I realize that my asthma is better because I'm having a natural bronchodilator. uh, Because you're correct, NAC, that's exactly what it does. It's a mucolytic, right? They use it all the time for COPD. But the other thing that's interesting about NAC and glutathione is it forms what are called disulfide bonds. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the ways the mucolytic effect happens. But what you need disulfide bonds for is the virus enters the cell through the ACE2 receptor. Well, glutathione and NAC will form disulfide bonds with the virus or form disulfide bonds with these ACE2 receptors. So theoretically, it may slow down or prevent the viral entry into your cell. And if the virus does get in, the way the viral machinery turns on is by oxidative stress, by inflammation. Well, glutathione inside your cells intracellularly will shut that down. So that's why we need a randomized controlled trial because everyone's looking at 14 vaccine companies and using lopinavir and ritonavir and antibody plasma from people with COVID and BCG vaccines. Hey, I got something easy. Right. I got NAC, alpha-lipoic acid, and glutathione, and a little zinc, and a little vitamin D, right, some concurrent.
1: We need this in nursing homes where they're dying off like yeah. flies at this point. Well, well the, think, about, think about the fact that it would just increase the health span of people in nursing homes. Maybe they don't want that. I don't know. I, well, I'm not a sinister thinker, but, but – so let me – so you invoke the word that – has caused me to do a lot of thinking over the past decade and that's coffee when what I that? look at when I look at people different socioeconomic structures, different lifestyles, completely different lifestyles you know hard training uh, you know uh, uh, time restricted fasting and then you have the average person who eats all day and all night long and w- there are certain things that I see coming up in our population and it cuts across all of these different stratifications. And they are um, GERD, obstructive sleep apnea, and nutritional uh, identified as nutritional neuropathies. I'm talking about people that have never been uh, uh, um, uh, insulin resistant in their lives, and they're developing hands and you know gloves and socks, numbness. It's going up the legs now. I mean, there's clinics that are just treating neuropathy today because it's so prevalent. When I look at these conditions. I keep coming back to the gut, and every time I think about this, I look at the common denominator of what people are doing in these different stratifications of lifestyle, and it's coffee. It's this boutique coffee. Now, I haven't been able to figure out what it is about coffee. Is it the turbidity? The the coffee that our parents drank, you could see through it, and it was four ounces, Today we drink these giant cups of coffee that literally when you finish drinking has mud at the bottom of the cup. And and that's what settled. The rest of it stayed in the liquid and you drank it. So I've done some deep dives on coffee. I've found some interesting stuff about coffee. Coffee increases inflammatory markers like CRP dramatically. And caffeine does too. But coffee does something interesting. It not only increases these inflammatory markers... But it slows the clearing. It, it, it compromises the receptors in the liver designed to take CRP out. So not only do you have an increase of production, but you have a decrease of removal. And I keep coming back to coffee causing a, um, inappropriate or contributing to inappropriate inflammatory responses in the general population. Okay. What do you think? Am I, is it crazy? So,
0: yeah. So in the model that I've been developing for Lyme patients for the last 30 years, I have this model I called MCIDS, multiple systemic infectious disease syndrome, and it's a 16 point model. So some of these factors on the MCIDS model drive inflammation. And some of the factors on it are the downstream effects of the inflammation. So for example, Lyme disease and co-infections and viruses and parasites and bacteria major drivers of inflammation. The microbiome of the gut, which you were talking about, Prevotella species, Clostridium species, uh, there's a lot of them that are now showing up in the gut associated with metabolic syndrome, diabetes, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, rheumatoid arthritis. This is all showing up in the gut. But also in the gut, what's happening to people who've taken antibiotics in their lifetime and have never taken the right probiotics is they get leaky gut. So what happens is, is that if you get leaky gut and you're eating the same foods over and over again, when these food molecules get into your system, it drives an inflammatory response. And that's what happened to me because my father was a surgeon. I took lots of antibiotics at a kid. I never took probiotics and I started getting food allergies. But what I didn't realize is that some of this was being driven by histamine and coffee is one of the big histamine triggers, along with, by the way, Are dark you- chocolate. Yeah. I hate to. I hate to tell people this, but dark chocolate is right behind. Now, it doesn't mean these things don't have polyphenols and antioxidants. They do. And with coffee, by the way, one of the things they discovered is filtered coffee actually turns out to be less harmful than the regular one. I I also study coffee quite a bit, by the way, because I've been a coffee drinker myself. Um, But the leaky gut and the food allergies and the histamine on top of the microbiome On top of all the environmental toxins that are coming into your body, PCBs, dioxins, plastics, pesticides, heavy metals, those are decreasing your glutathione levels in your body. And one of the things when they're saying, well, why do people who are old die from COVID? Well, if you look at it, they've done studies showing the elderly have low glutathione. And one other thing they have that's low, you discussed sleep apnea, is low melatonin. Mm -hmm. they've also linked now melatonin to covid because there's a system in the body called inflammasomes yeah and these markers called nrlp3 when you get an infection like this and it drives the inflammasomes there are these danger associated pathogen molecules that come out melatonin will lower down that inflammatory response so you know why do elderly people why are they more susceptible Some of it's low glutathione, maybe some of it may low melatonin, other inflammatory things like you were talking about the stopping glove with diabetes, metabolic syndrome, anything that is driving inflammation and then has downstream effects, the downstream effects of the inflammation is mitochondrial dysfunction. Mm -hmm. So when the mitochondria don't work, you get neuropathy, which is what you were describing. Mm -hmm. Neuropathy in Lyme patients is POTS dysautonomia. They can not hold a blood pressure. Or the hormones, it hits the pituitary. All of a sudden, the hormones aren't working. So this model that I've developed is a multi-systemic cause of inflammation and then multiple causes of downstream effects. And if you look at it, and you started our talk today this way, it deals with a broad range of a lot of chronic diseases. It's a way to understand chronic disease in a way that if your doctor says, just take this drug and there's nothing I can do, it's like, no, you may want to back it up a bit. And you may want to see if you have overlapping causes of inflammation, whether it's leaky gut, the wrong types of microbiome in your gut, you've got infections. You want to look at all of this environmental toxins. A lot of people get mold now. Over 70% of my patients are becoming mold toxic from living in these homes. Well, mold will suppress your immune system if you have gliotoxins. So the average doctor is not thinking about these things, but it's lowering glutathione in your body. So when you're exposed to covid you just don't have enough to be able to deal with the onslaught of the inflammation from the virus.
1: Uh, Jeff Clifton, who is watching live says he's low in glutathione around 320. How is that measured? Also, uh, what should I start with? <clears throat> Three hundred and twenty what nanograms, a deciliter. What, what is it? Yeah. So, you know, in the studies that I've seen anything below 440, I forget if
0: it's nanograms, I'd have to look right, it up. Right. Anything below that, that was what the elderly population had. I mean, you want it over 550 or 600 normally, Uh, And you can go to any of your labs and they will do a glutathione level and tell you where you are. But, you know, the fact is, is that depending on where you live and how many toxins you're exposed to or infections you have, you're going to use up glutathione as one of your major antioxidants. And that is not being accounted for in this COVID pandemic. And that's why I'm so happy you have me on to raise awareness, because I believe in my heart of hearts that the supplements we're talking about today, N-acetylcysteine, alpha-lipoic acid, glutathione. Uh, curcumin, broccoli seed extract, sulforaphane, glutosinolate, 50 milligrams of zinc, enough vitamin D, uh, three, 6 beta glucan, which raises your natural killer cells and T cells to fight viruses, or you can use transfer factors. These are the things that most likely are going to protect the population. And everyone's saying, let's open the economy. We just had 17 new states have new outbreaks, right? Because there's nothing protecting the people. The masks are good, but they're just not enough with social distancing. I think because glutathione is made by your liver, it's a simple solution that you know people worldwide could use. But I'm, I, I've called the CDC and the FDA and the NIH and the Department of Defense and they're the not government. Interested? Well, I, 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 I've contacted all my people who I you know contact. Nobody's interested in doing a controlled study on this, and yet it might be the solution.
1: You know, it, it doesn't it, I mean, it baffles me. I know mean, it baffles a lot of people in the audience, too, that these are actually preventative. You know, like, like, not only, chances are, following this type of a protocol will not just prevent you from getting a retrovirus, um, but maybe prevent you from getting other diseases and disorders. Because, to come full circle to what we said before, inflammation is at the root of just about every disease state today. Whether it's a result of, whether it's intrinsic or extrinsic, it's there. Controlling inflammation could change outcomes. But more importantly, when when your body... So the analogy I gave one time, we were talking about protein synthetic response from exercise. And we now know, after 14 years of doing the show and all the people I've interviewed, that autophagy is part of the protein synthetic response. If mTOR is turned on all the time, the protein synthetic machinery becomes less sensitive to the signals to produce new muscle tissue. So we know, because I actually interviewed a scientist who showed that when a basal autophagy is highest, the protein synthetic response to a high-protein meal is greater, which means that not eating sometimes is just as important as eating to producing new muscle. And so when you start to look at how inflammation works, good inflammation, right?, We also realize that elderly people have a harder time building muscle. And the reason for that is if you have a city with five fire departments and a house fire starts out and you dispatch a couple fire departments, they put that house out, they all go back and they're resting. That's easy. That's good stuff. That's positive. But if you have a city with five fire departments and all of a sudden over the course of a day, you have 140 house fires. Now you have fire departments doing poor jobs. They can't arrest this fire. They've got to head to that one. When your, house is a, when your house is ablaze, when your body is ablaze, it's just trying to manage the fires. It's not going to build any muscle. That's like, forget that. We have all these house fires to deal with. We can't be building muscle right now. If you can get basal inflammation down, so that the body has the resources to re- to respond to actual assaults you're great you're going to live good you're going to feel good you're not going to have chronic injuries bursitis gets worse and worse and worse but when your house is ablaze all the time forget about making progress it's just a slow decline of health over the next decade or two
0: yes ab- absolutely and in fact you know what you're talking about with the mTOR response uh, for people that want to look it up, it's called the cell danger response. And it and it deals with what happens when you have acute illness. And if you can't get the mitochondria in the cell danger response to get to the other side of health, and they're constantly involved in this inflammatory response, as you said, with too much mTOR, it's true that no matter what you're doing for the body, it, it's not going to work. Now, interestingly enough, uh, some of the supplements I mentioned, like alpha lipoic acid resveratrol, <clears throat> actually help your body to regenerate your mitochondria apart from exercise apart from fasting right some of the ketogenic diets mm-hmm. and and doing these high uh, energy uh, these two minute you know exercises really at, at high, high intensity,
1: intensity interval training. high intensity yeah.
0: exercise so these will all build the mitochondria but it's true you you've got to look at that whole balance in it because it's ultimately the mitochondria that are responsible for your nerve cells for your brain cells for the heart cells it's responsible for everything going on in the body and uh, to, the mitochondria have nothing surrounding them, like the histones surround your DNA to protect against free radical oxidative stress. But the mitochondria, they're sitting ducks. There's nothing protecting them. So, you know, that's why glutathione on these antioxidants are absolutely so
1: important. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the study that was just published. Uh, so fortunately, we can, we can discuss that here today because it was literally just published this morning and why there needs to be uh, some sort of trials. Uh, seriously done about this type of a protocol, because it, it, the, the value is pleiotropic. It goes far beyond COVID-19. It goes far beyond Lyme disease. And it really speaks to a lot of the chronic illness that we have in today's population. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Superhuman Radio. Are you still on the fence about Body Protection Complex BPC Oral from DrSeeds.com? Listen to Maggie Kuhn, one of the owners of the C bus lifting company, Jim, in Columbus, Ohio. I had
0: been having some nagging tendon issues that weren't injuries, just, just things that were annoying. You
2: know, I'm 58 years old, so it's just older tendon kind of issues. For us, you know, we really don't stop training when we have just nagging issues. We just kind of keep pushing through. And I started the BPC. What I noticed was I was doing some heavy tricep stuff that um, that would have killed me um, before when I had an elbow problem and I was able to do this with literally
1: no pain at all. Go to DrSeeds.com, D-R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your bottle of BPC Body Protection Complex today. You've heard me talk about the chill pill on the show and how effective it is at helping people who suffer from social anxiety or sometimes when you just want to take the edge off uh, to a long, stressful day. Well, listen to this story from Dylan Goutreau. Definitely
0: takes anxiety away, which I have a long history of having. Started out at two milligrams a day of Xanax. That was at eight years old. And then, so I stopped using Benzos three years ago. Extremely difficult. Yeah. So I spent about three years trying to find anything and everything I could
2: that would be healthy for me, um, to help with anxiety. Cause I'm talking, you know, full, full out panic attack. The, the Chilko was the first thing that i found
1: that actually in the middle of a panic attack I can take. And it definitely, uh, subsides. Go to drseeds.com. That's d r rseeds.com. Use coupon code SHR and save twenty percent off your first bottle of the Chill Pill. Check it out. I promise, this is one supplement that delivers. You've heard about blood flow restriction training since 2006 on SHR but you're still on the fence. Well, here's the push. BFR is more effective at building muscle than anabolic steroids. That's right. I went there but it's because it's the truth. My experience with the B-Strong blood flow restriction system is proof to me and now I'm asking myself why I waited so long. You'll see undeniable changes in the targeted muscles in days and weeks like nothing you've ever tried before. I will never stop using them. Give B-Strong a try, go to b saint dot training forward slash super hyphen human and use code SHR for 10% off. Ever wish there was a precise way to gauge your recovery from workout to workout? Or wonder if the money you're spending on your nootropic supplements are actually improving brain function? Maybe you're aging and you're noticing some changes in memory. Wouldn't being able to really test your brain be of great value? Well, now you can with great accuracy with The Brain Gauge. The Brain Gauge lets you test essential components of brain health and track your brain health history and all in the comfort of your own home. Go to gaugeyourbrain.com and use code SHR for $150. Off this amazing device. That's gageyourbrain.com and SHR for $150 off. Do you remember those delicious toaster pastries you had when you were a kid? You know, the rectangular sugar-filled snacks? Well, guess what? Legendary Foods has just made low-carb toaster pastry. This is the first of its kind, and honestly, these things are amazing. They have three to four net carb, less than one gram of sugar, and nine grams of protein. You can eat them right out of the wrapper or lightly toast them. The only question is, which flavor? Strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon? They're available at eatlegendary.com and Amazon. right back. Imagine if you had a digital twin, one that you could compare your own health and fitness outcomes to, one that showed you whether or not the things you're doing, food you're eating, or drinks you're drinking are actually working for you or against you. Well, now you can. The first ever advanced epigenetic saliva test that compares 20 million different data points of your DNA to help predict what is aging you faster or keeping you younger is being introduced to my audience at a 70% discount from from the normal price go to seeds.md epigenetic test today to learn how to get your own digital twin that will help you take the steps to live longer and stay stronger don't wait because this is a limited time offer not available anywhere else once these tests are gone they're gone again go to seeds.md epigenetic test today to learn more this is the Superhuman Channel, where we use oxygen for
2: the power of good.
1: Welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Richard Horowitz right now. We're talking about uh, glutathione and some other natural agents uh, to be used with uh, in the treatment of COVID nineteen. And of course, these aren't sexy enough for the mainstream to pay attention to. They want, you know, vaccines don't work. By the way. Lots of people get vaccines and still get sick. So this illusion about what vaccines are going to do. Your your immune system is your immune system, unique to your journey. Fixing your immune system is always going to trump some sort of chemical cocktail vaccine. Jeff Clifton says, exercise is promoted as one of the best ways to raise glutathione production when looking online but doesn't specify what type. Yes, you're right. It's mostly endurance exercise that's associated with increases in liver glutathione but there are certain food things dairy um, um, whey protein increases glutathione production in the liver so there's lots of things you can do but taking straight glutathione whether it's liposomal or a powdered brand or going to a doctor that does intravenous or intramuscular that's king that's it that's the best way to do it right absolutely and uh,
0: you know, when you look at glutathione it's what's called the tripeptide it has three parts to it so glycine, cysteine, glutamic acid, if you're getting a good protein diet and you're getting all your essential amino acids, you're pushing the whey-based proteins, right, or, or getting cysteine in, um, with glycine, you're going to be driving your own body's glutathione production along with, as you said, exercise and other
1: things. I learned a harsh lesson about glycine, Doc. So I've been a huge proponent of glycine for a long time because I'm a high-protein guy, which means high methionine, and glycine blunts the, the age-promoting effects of methionine and so, you know, there's days where I'll eat 350, 400 grams of protein. So I started to increase my gly- glycine intake by using it as a sweetener uh, in morning drinks, not coffee. Um, and uh, and then I take uh, three to five grams of glycine at bedtime because when I take my GHRP6 and my uh, CJC1295 shot right before bed, I notice, because I track my sleep five different ways, I notice I get much deeper Uh, Sleep latency is cut back, and deep sleep latency is cut back, and I get much more deep sleep with three grams of glycine. So I decided, well, more is better. (laughs) I was taking about 30 grams of glycine a day. It took about two weeks for this to happen, but it's real. You know, I say on this show, the nice thing about supplements is they work. The bad things about supplements is they work. You can't think that, oh, uh, uh, more is better. So I was taking about 30 grams of glycine a day, about 15 grams of it right before bed. I was waking up in the morning, and I would say to Elisa, my brain feels tired. I can't wake up. My balance was starting to be affected. I felt a little woozy. And Well, you know what? Glycine increases brain GABA better than taking GABA. And I just overwhelmed my body with GABA, which was just shutting down my brain function completely and making me tired. So I backed off and went back to just 3 grams a day, and I'm fine now. But... Glycine is powerful. P- powerful amino acid.
0: Yeah, the uh, the the lesson of that story, which you said, is more is not better, uh, is absolutely true. You you got to be careful with how much of this you know you're taking. Some people think you know selenium is good. You can get it from eating Brazil nuts and stuff. But more than 400 micrograms of selenium, your hair and nails can start falling out. So I mean, it's a great antioxidant, but you don't want too much of it, right? So it, it's a well. It's a well- Well done point, yes.
1: So let's talk about your more recent study. Uh, Let's see if I have it here, right? New ways of screening. No, I went too far. Hold on a second. I think this is it here. Yeah, three novel prevention, diagnostic, and treatment options for COVID-19 urgently necessitating controlled randomized trials. Talk about this. This was just published this morning, just published this morning.
0: So, you know, I've been doing a deep dive in the literature ever since COVID came out. I've probably been reading one to two hours a day COVID articles. I mean, just this morning, there were two hours of articles reading in JAMA and New England and the rest. What I came across when I was doing this was interesting is everyone's been talking about how to stop the asymptomatic spread. Uh, The WHO just pulled back their statement just a day ago that, oh, there's there's not that much asymptomatic there is. Uh, But there is a sign that people are ignoring and it could be done through a either an app or through a validated questionnaire, which is lack of sense or smell or taste is showing up in 88 percent of these people that get early covid. So if you're walking around and you've got all of a sudden you lose your sense of smell or taste, that means that probably the covid symptoms are going to be starting anywhere between three to four days to uh, a week or 10 days later. So people need to know. So this article was highlighting the role of, in medicine, it's called anosmia discussia, laws of sense of smell, sense of taste, that if you get this, you need to isolate. You can't be walking around going shopping and speaking to people because you are gonna be most likely an asymptomatic carrier of the virus, and you're gonna spread it. And here they're looking at doing contact tracing, but in Canada, they had Israeli researchers that developed an app. And in this app, they started monitoring vital signs. They could monitor your heart rate and your temperature. Um, your skin coloration, they were measuring pulse oximetries, even EKGs, as you know, now can be done on these apps. Mm -hmm. And what they found is it was a very effective way of monitoring people. So instead of clogging up the hospital beds in the ICUs to find out who needs it, who doesn't, you could be monitoring people in isolation using digital medicine, but we need a validated symptom questionnaire. And there are questionnaires that have been out there for years in the ear, nose and throat literature. So the first part of this paper that I published was um, looking at what can we do from the point of view of prevention that is not already being talked about. Now, part of that also was talking about glutathione and NAC, which I said earlier, have antiviral properties. Uh, Low vitamin D is a risk factor, right? Um, Natural killer cells being low is a risk factor. So similarly, for the people that want to know where you're going, they've now seen with these risk factors That And I mentioned it earlier, but, you know, it's a lot of information for people. High sensitivity CRP, D-dimers, ferritin levels, LDH, lactic dehydrogenase, low lymphocyte count, cytopenia. These are the markers. They're finding that if you have certain levels of these, the risk of going in the wrong direction is going to be very high. These are things that could be done with blood tests at home for people to follow with the pulse oxes. So that was part of the paper, but a lot of it was actually on the fact that glutathione is antiviral, it can act as a bronchodilator, it stops the oxidative stress, it may block the ACE2 receptor binding of the virus. All of the inflammatory response for COVID is what's killing people as you talked about with the thrombosis. Right,
1: right. it's not the so, vi- it's not the virus, it's how the body responds to it.
0: Correct. So if you can block the inflammation, we might all be able to get exposed and nothing would happen. Right. But knowing that a large part of the population as they get older don't have enough glutathione or melatonin or vitamin D, you want to raise that up because then theoretically you'd be at less risk, but we need a randomized control But see, this file. is this
1: is what happens in in a medical environment where the pharmaceutical industry drives the the the, 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 the medical agenda. This is really this is really it, right? If it isn't a pill. It isn't a a drug. It doesn't get any attention. It doesn't get any money funded to it. And this is really sad because, you know, there's a big difference between asymptomatic and resistance. But they both look similar. Okay? I mean, this is something that's not being discussed much at all in the the COVID-19 discussion. There are people who are getting this virus, and yeah, they're asymptomatic, but they're also completely resistant to it. What I mean by that is it it doesn't even it doesn't even come up on the radar of their immune system. There are other people who are getting this virus but their immune systems are robust enough to suppress a lot of the symptoms. And we need to understand what people who are resistant to this virus have. And I'm sure that if we looked at them, we'd find out they have adequate levels of 25OHD, which by the way increases the biogenesis of LL37, a much sought after peptide. If you have enough 25 hydroxy in your bloodstream, the LL37 takes care of itself. You don't have to spend a lot of money on buying peptides. In fact, that was shown in two great studies one on HIV replication, which is a retro- retrovirus, and another one on sepsis. That 25 hydroxy, not only uh, 20, D, vitamin D, Oral vitamin D not only raised 25 hydroxy, which seems to uh, stop the replication of retroviruses, but increased LL37, which kept people from dying from severe cases of sepsis. You know, these are simple things that can be done, but it's not sexy. It doesn't. It doesn't attract millions of dollars that then turn into billions of dollars in sales. From physicians and this is sad this goes to what i said earlier the new selection pressure is where you get your information from if you believe only a drug or vaccine will keep you from dying from covid you have been robbed of your critical thinking and and you've been robbed of opportunities to actually have optimal health a, a, as a byproduct
0: no it, it's true although you know because i do integrative medicine of course i do as much natural as i can and i avoid drugs when i can But one of the drugs I mentioned earlier is what I highlighted in this new study, which is ivermectin. And this is a WHO essential drug. It's an anti-parasitic drug. It killed off the virus. It lowered the viral load by 5,000-fold within 48 to 72 hours. Kills it in the test tube. People on respirators lived longer in a multi-center study, Asia, Europe, U.S. I've given ivermectin even every day for long periods of time for people who've had resistant parasitic infections or babesia very well tolerated. No side effects. Right. No white cell cow liver. If we, you know, so you're talking about how do we protect the public? One of the things I talked about in this article is maybe you want to consider, you know, it would be a randomized trial. Give some people NAC, alpha-lipoic acid, glutathione, blocks NF-kappa-B, antiviral, lowers inflammation. Give them curcumin, right? Give them broccoli seed extract, sulforaphane increases nrf2 activation lowers inflammation give them vitamin d give them some zinc 40 to 50 milligrams helps the macrophages to work better lowers inflammation you could have a randomized controlled trial or even just screening the populations for where their levels of vitamin d and zinc and glutathione is and then see what happens when you do this but ivermectin i believe because i've given it now to several people it looks like it's going to be a home run and some of these people, by the way, do develop pneumonia. It's not just viral. They get bacterial pneumonias like mycoplasma. Mm-hmm. When they use ivermectin and doxy, it was a small study, but those people, the death rates went all the way down uh, by giving two drugs that are reasonably you know, asymptomatic. You take some probiotics, don't be in the sun with doxy. But those drugs seem to be really a winner. So the, the point of this study was to say... The antibodies they're now giving for COVID did not look like in some of the earlier studies that they were preventing illness. The remdesivir, which was lowering hospitalizations by four days, so what? It didn't make much of a difference, and the liver functions went up. They're using four-drug regimens with lopinavir and retinavir and ribavirin and interferon. Oh, my God. I mean, they're so expensive to use these things. Mm -hmm. Um, And the vaccines, there's 14 companies and they've never been able to manufacture a vaccine in this period of time. They don't think the mutation of the virus is big, but we still don't know. And we don't even know if the antibodies are protective. In China, 13 to 14 percent of the people that had antibodies who turned DNA PCR negative, they sent them out into the world when they were asymptomatic and up to 14 percent reactivated the virus. Now they're PCR positive. They're spreading it again. China had to shut down Wuhan
1: again after this thing happened. Well, so, but what, what, was that a result of antivirals? I, I got the interpretation by some of the literature that I read that antivirals, while they may be very effective at saving lives, may uh, they they may uh, stop the immune system from from truly building up uh, a protective effect from the virus. Do you think there's any truth to that? I didn't see specifically anything on the antivirals.
0: I just saw them watching people who had antibody positive initially pcr positive dna positive the dna turned negative they're asymptomatic they sent them out in the world and they reactivated and this is coming up quite frequently we don't know if the antibodies are protective so i would rather protect myself and my loved ones with nac alpha lipoic acid glutathione now for those listening the only thing you need to know about this that could be negative and it's rare if you take up to about 600 milligrams of alpha lipoic acid 600 is a controlled release or 300 twice a day. You're not going to get any normal side effects like low blood sugar hypoglycemia. But a rare person at 1,200 milligrams of alpha lipoic acid, which is what they use for diabetic neuropathy Mm -hmm. and cystic ovarian syndrome and mushroom poisoning and liver That That is a rare person could cause blood sugar swings and also people that are chemically sensitive, that are sulfur sensitive, they, I've seen about three people in 30 years have some wheezing and tightness in the chest with IV glutathione if they are sulfur sensitive and have chemical sensitivity. More, most often, an oral glutathione people have nothing because glutathione is made by your liver. But people listening should know, you know, just check in with your doc, see if you're sulfur sensitive, know about that. But the rest of these products we're talking about: broccoli seed extract, curcumin, vitamin D, zinc natural easy this is what i'm on every day this is what my wife's taking this is what i've told my whole medical practice to take right prevent and not one of my patients in thousands of patients has ended up in the hospital in an icu we have treated everybody as an outpatient with glutathione with a little bit of ivermectin earlier on we were using plaquenil zithromax we're not using it so much anymore uh we used a little alinea nitazoxicide it was used for mers and other coronaviruses I think there are some options here, but I think people are over, they're making this overly complicated. This is a simple way to look at what the virus does. It's inflammation that's killing you. It's not the virus. Let's take a look at increasing glutathione, vitamin D, zinc, and and let's see what happens. It's very simple, and I wish to God that somebody would help me to do this randomized control trial. Your website is cangetbetter.com, com, Correct. Correct. And most of the people, though, to contact me to see the updated research go on Facebook and just look up on Facebook, Dr. Period Richard Horowitz. Uh, it's the best way because I'm publishing all the articles and anything going on with COVID or Lyme. It's mostly on Facebook. I don't do
1: too much on the Can Get Better website. Let's uh, take one last commercial break and we'll wrap this up. Stay tuned. You're watching and listening to Superhuman Radio. We'll be right back. R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one dot com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. Hey, this is Carl. For 14 years, you've heard me talk about CanSee eye drops, and they being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at now 61 years old. But I regularly get emails and messages from people who've been using CanSee and having some amazing results. Recently, I got an email from a fellow named Chad, who, because he was on dexamethasone eye drops for over six months, developed a cataract. CanSee eye drops actually reduce my cataract to the point where even my doctor has a hard time finding it. I will never stop using can eye drops twice a day. I've been using them since 2008, he says. And you should be too. There is no better way to keep your eyes healthy and seeing clearly than can see eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com today and get on board and we will both be looking into the future with very clear vision.
2: Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into renewliferx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to renewliferx.com to schedule your no obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at renewliferx.com. Are you
1: a fan of? the low-carb lifestyle? Having trouble getting fat adapted on your keto diet? Feel like your digestion has stalled? Now there's CAPEX. CAPEX increases fat loss and energy on any low-carb, no-carb diet, all while improving digestion. CAPEX boosts AMPK and muscles by 52% and fat cells by 300%. CAPEX increases ATP in your liver by 22%, a key part of energy production, all while revving up the fat-burning hormone adiponectin by a whopping 250 48%. Nothing works like Capex, and now you can get Capex for up to 42% off by going to kenergize.com slash SHR and choosing one of the purchase options and using the code SHR. That's k-e-n-e-r-g-i-z-e dot com slash SHR and code SHR.
0: Quest Nutrition makes bars, cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. Bye. <laughs> Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip, cookie chunk, and crunchy crumble is custom-made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy your Quest.
1: You've heard about blood flow restriction training since 2006 on SHR, but you're still on the fence. Well, here's the push. BFR is more effective at building muscle than anabolic steroids. That's right. I went there, but it's because it's the truth. My experience with the Be Strong blood flow restriction system is proof to me, and now I'm asking Myself, why I waited so long. You'll see undeniable changes in the targeted muscles in days and weeks, like nothing you've ever tried before. I will never stop using them. Give Be Strong a try. Go to BStron dot training forward slash super hyphen human and use code SHR for 10% off. You're listening to the Superhuman Channel. Don't hate us because we feel good. Welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Richard Horowitz. We're wrapping up the interview. It's a fantastic interview. Please pass this interview around uh, because we can actually help a lot of people just by getting this information out. You know, people. I, I never want people to follow the things that I say on this show, Doc. I want it to inspire thought. I want to inspire critical thinking. This is something that we have lost in this population. We hear things and we just take it for granted that that's the truth and we move forward. And when you start to scratch below the surface, and you find out there are other alternatives uh, to staying healthy and staying alive, especially in this pandemic, you know it, it, we just need to spread the word. A couple things I want to ask you: to what was the drug again that liberated more oxygen from hemoglobin?
0: Oh yeah, so this was Diamox, acetazolamide, and and this is a drug you take when you go to high altitudes. When I was in Tibet about ten years ago, I was meditating in caves at fifteen thousand feet. I took uh, 500 of Diamox, acetylzolamide, twice a day, and it pushes the oxygen off your oxygen hemoglobin curve. So you have more oxygenation in the blood. And they showed with COVID, it was hypoxemia, low oxygen, that was a problem. So why not use a drug like that? The only thing you got to watch out for is low potassium, hypokalemia. You got to watch your electrolytes. Um, and then sildenafil, the other drug for people on vents, it helps your respiratory muscles to be stronger. So if they use it on vents, in this article I published, I was just suggesting that this could be a way, apart from anticoagulation, to help these people who, uh, you know, non-invasive now positions, not being on vents has been shown to be better. But for the people who are on vents, there were some ideas being shared that maybe it could help them to, to get off the vents.
1: So it sounds like that drug would actually be beneficial to, to athletes uh, if it's liberating more oxygen, um, you know, because that's obviously why people blood dope, right? They they spit off their blood and then they put the uh, red blood cells back in to deliver more oxygen. Sounds like that drug could be used. I wonder if it's already being used as a uh, as a performance-enhancing drug. You know, it's, it's interesting.
0: I've never heard of it's true. I've never heard of anyone using it. It's mostly, of course, the anabolic steroids, but you're right. I mean,
1: theoretically, it, it could be used. Yeah. So you heard it here first, folks. I uh, The other thing I wanted to um, ask, and it just jumped out of my head, that's part of becoming 62, I guess. Um, so I guess the final thing I want to wrap up with is what do you hope clinicians take away from this? I have a lot of doctors who listen to this show. Obviously, we can inspire people to look at this themselves. These are things that they could easily implement on their own. How do we get doctors to, to, to take a look at this as opposed to going right for a pharmaceutical drug, which I'm not against pharmaceutical drugs when they're used to rescue a patient, but I am against them when they're used to live on for the rest of your life. So, so the first thing is
0: both articles were published in the peer-reviewed medical literature. So if the doctors were to read these articles, they'll see that there's a lot of scientific references backing up the use of zinc, vitamin C, 3,6-beta-glucan, curcumin, um, broccoli seed extract, NAC, alpha-lipo, all the literature supporting these supplements way before COVID w- ever came out is in these papers as well as the effect that in lung tissue they found with pneumonia, ARDS, you don't have enough glutathione. So a lot of this is really quite logical. It's all been published in the medical literature, just nobody's put it together in this way. And personally, I would suggest for doctors listening, if you don't do integrative medicine, this is something you really want to learn because you could be theoretically saving your patient's lives and your loved ones by putting them on these supplements. Apart from the contraindications I talked about earlier, I think this is the easiest way, basically, to try protecting the public. And then if you do get sick, as you said, you use a pharmaceutical like ivermectin or something like it. But this is a way to start opening up the economy and living your
1: life and not having to be in fear all the time about yes. Dying. that. Yes. And, that, and the, so the, the worst part of this pandemic was not the virus. It is this new illusion of fear and of dying, which I've talked about. The importance of embracing death in order to have a full life That's something I learned when my parents passed away I became very depressed and I started to think about my own death And I actually laid in bed and imagined this was it Like, what? Do, I can't get up, I'm dying That actually opened up a way for me to look at life much better I'm not afraid of dying at all I've got all my things I realized that that exercise, there were certain things I wanted to have in place So if I did die, I didn't have to feel like, oh, I wanted to do that first But people are so afraid of dying now and it's inappropriate because when you look at the actual numbers the mortality rates of this virus it's nothing it's not it's 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 basically what influenza is with a vaccine with the vaccine so you well,
0: know it, well, of course it it depends on which country cuz i mean spain and italy of course they were up to 13 14 15% mortality rates the who average last month was about 5.7% now in the us Right now, worldwide, we hit about seven million cases and four hundred thousand deaths. Right. So um, the mortality rates look like they are starting to kind of slow down a little bit. But it was five point seven percent, which is theoretically higher than influenza. But yeah. Uh, but but the thing here is, is, is that I think when you look at who is dying, it's the nursing home population. It's the people with inflammatory diseases, with diabetes. And so, again, it's inflammation starting where we started this talk today. Right. It all comes down to if you have inflammation and get a virus that pushes inflammation and don't have antioxidants with glutathione, your body's going to. Oh, what
1: happened? Sorry about that. Something went wrong. <clears throat> Hold on. I was actually trying. I was trying to get your video up. And I lost my connection. I wanted to play your video before we ended the interview. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you now. I couldn't yeah, you I don't know connection. what happened. I, I, I just wanted to show in the... Uh, I, I, so the next time we have you on, we're going to talk about uh, Lyme disease specifically because this is a big area of interest. There's a lot of people who suffer from it. And interestingly enough, you have a video that you produced with the who? The guy from Hall & right? But Daryl Hall, yeah. Okay, I got got to play this before we let you go.
0: Clyde came to my office one bright sunny day, said, doc, I'm in an awful bad way. It's 19 docs and I'm almost dead. All they can tell me is it's in my head. Doctor, please help me, please. I said, Clyde, can you tell me what you did in life that caused you all this terrible strife? I said, Doc, I was with my beautiful wife, the woods one day enjoying life. I lay down on the ground and we fooled around. Before you knew it, I was illness bound. From that day on, would I have been going downhill? Can you give me a lotion or a potion or a magic pill? Doctor, please help me, please. I'm gonna pick off a tick real quick. Before the devil gets within. Lime to steal my mind. I sure could use it for a little
1: more
0: time.
1: So that is actually a song called The Ballad of the Deer Tick, which is the origination of the Lyme disease, the Deer Tick. And you wrote that and you set performed it with with Daryl Hall from A Hollow Notes. That is pretty impressive. Dad, yeah, so Daryl
0: was with me one day, and I said, Daryl, I got to show you something. I pulled out my guitar, started singing it, and he laughed so hard. He said, come on into the studio and record it, and we actually did it. He was backing me up on vocals, which is like the only time Daryl Hall has probably backed up anybody, anybody. like right. in his whole lifetime. Uh, T-Bone Walk, who used to be his guitarist and bassist, was playing mandolin and guitar on there. He's he's passed, unfortunately. Um, and, uh, and Daryl was laying down Hammond organ tracks. I mean, it, it was just a lot of fun. And we, we performed this live in front of a thousand people for a Lyme benefit in New York city.
1: Okay. Some people are saying they couldn't hear it. Just go to YouTube and, and search for the ballad of the deer tick and you'll find it. It's the first thing that comes up. It's, it's so where did you learn to get that nasal twang? You sound like you're from Brooklyn, maybe or long Island or something. originally. I, I was born in Brooklyn and I grew up in Bayside until I moved upstate. So what part of Brooklyn, before I let you go? Maimonides Hospital. Bed-Stuy. I was born at, uh, I was born at the, uh, what was it, the Peck Memorial Hospital, which is gone now. Yep. Yeah, Bed-Stuy. Listen, it's been fascinating and great to have you on the show. We're going to do this again because we're going to talk about Lyme disease. Thanks so much for making time to be here today. My pleasure. It was, it was really a great show. Thank you so much. Take care. All right, so I'm going to take one quick commercial break. And uh, when I come back, I'm going to tell you what it feels like to turn 62. It won't be depressing, I promise you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Let's get some music going.
0: Quest Nutrition makes bars, cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip, cookie chunk, and crunchy crumble is custom-made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy
1: your Quest. Ever wish there was a precise way to gauge your recovery from workout to workout? Or wonder if the money you're spending on your nootropic supplements are actually improving brain function? Maybe you're aging and you're noticing some changes in memory. Wouldn't being able to really test your brain be of great value? Well, now you can with great accuracy with The Brain gauge. The Brain gauge lets you test essential components of brain health and track your brain health history and all in the comfort of your own home go to gageyourbrain.com and use code shr for $150 off this amazing device that's gageyourbrain.com and shr for $150 off do you remember those delicious toaster pastries you had when you were a kid? You know, the rectangular sugar-filled snacks? Well, guess what? Legendary Foods has just made low-carb toaster pastry. This is the first of its kind, and honestly, these things are amazing. They have three to four net carb, less than one gram of sugar, and nine grams of protein. You can eat them right out of the wrapper or lightly toast them. The only question is which flavor, strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon? They're available at EatLegendary.com and Amazon.
2: Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRx.com. Imagine if you had a digital twin, one that you could compare your own health and
1: fitness outcomes to, one that showed you whether or not the things you're doing, food you're eating, or drinks you're drinking are actually working for you or against you. Well, now you can. The first ever advanced epigenetic saliva test that compares 20 million different data points of your DNA to help predict what is aging you faster or keeping you younger is being introduced to my audience at a 70% discount from the normal price. Go to seeds.md epigenetic test today to learn how to get your own digital twin that will help you take the steps to live longer and stay stronger. Don't wait because this is a limited time offer not available anywhere else. Once these tests are gone, they're gone. Again, go to seeds.md slash epigenetic dash test today to learn more. R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com, or go to net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. This is the Superhuman Channel, where brawn and brains finally meet. Welcome back. Fascinating show. So I turn 62 tomorrow. And I really, the picture I had up a little while ago, I, I got rid of it already, was taken on my 50th birthday. And I had that picture out for the past uh, probably month and a half, two months, maybe soon. No, even earlier than that. Before COVID came around, I took that picture out. I thought, I'm going to try to look like this again. I, I think I can. I actually have more muscle on me now than I when I was in 50, when I turned 50. I figured I just needed to get lean. And just keep doing what I was doing. But then COVID-19 came around, and uh, my whole plan got derailed. I I have to go to the gym. I can't train at home. Uh, I can do some things at home, but not the things that I want to do that I know get me uh, the kind of progress. Because I need more weight. I don't have a lot of weight at home. And I don't have a big gym area. Next house, I'm going to have a big gym area. Maybe it'll be one side of the garage. Who knows? But lo and behold, I am going to try... Um, taking up this challenge myself in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be working with some people uh, who are professionals in um, getting people ready for contests. I'm not going to do a contest, but I'm going to try to get into that contest shape over the next, I don't know, six months, let's say. So we'll see. But my father told me a long time ago when I was a young man, take inventory on your birthday. Look at the year. Look at look what, what, how the year turned out. Did you get the things you wanted to get? Did you do the things you wanted to do? And what do you need to do? And, and sometimes, and, I, and I, th- I'm adding this myself, th- his logic was very good. It's a great time to take inventory of your life on that, that day. But you also have to come to grips with the things that you thought you wanted, but you didn't do. Because in reality, you didn't want them that bad. There's a lot of people who will say, I want to do a competition, get in competition shape and and get up on stage. And they don't, because at the end of the day, they didn't want it that bad to put the time in. All the things that I wanted to do this year, I've done, actually, and and some that I didn't plan on doing, except for getting in the shape that I was in in my 50s, now in my 60s. But I'm not done with that. I'm still going to do that. It was just an obstacle that I just didn't have the wherewithal to overcome. But it's a good process. It's a good practice on your birthday to look back at the year. What did you do that was exciting? You know, a lot of people can't even remember. They're like, gee, you know, what did I do this year? It's like the years a blur because we're all so busy. We're all running from thing to thing, raising families, you know, working, you know, this. It's like we're always running a million miles an hour. And In retrospect, I think what I'm going to do this year, moving forward, starting tomorrow, is when something happens in my life, whether it be what I wanted to happen or what I didn't want to happen, I'm going to make a note of it. I'm not going to journal every day. You know, people, oh, you got to have a gratitude journal. It's like, look, I don't have the time to journal. I'm sorry, really. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. There are times where I put off going to the bathroom until later because I've got too much to do. For those of you know me, you know that when I'm sitting here after this show, the next hour and a half, I have to do all the post-production editing and publish the show and send it out to the people that need to have it so that they can put it up on the websites, blah, blah, blah. So I usually have to eat with my hands because I feel guilty if I take a half hour to go sit over there and eat. That's why I love my Hot Logic. I open it up and I eat it right here while I'm working. So my days are jammed up and when I get home, the only thing I want to do and I, this is the way I am, is be with Elisa because I, I, I love her so much. I'm not going to be on this planet forever, and I don't want to miss an opportunity to spend time with her and focused on her. So my days are jammed up, and I am not going to keep a gratitude journal. I'm very grateful for my life. I think I've had a great life, really. I know we all think that our lives – are worthy of someone writing a book about them. But I really do. I mean, the things that I've done when I think about them, when I talk to people about them, I often think they're probably thinking to themselves, this guy's full of shit. He didn't really do that. He didn't hang out with Frank Sinatra. This is a lie. And I've had an amazing life. Like, I'm not afraid of dying. And I've done more and gotten more out of my life than I probably deserve to have. And I really feel that way. Uh, It doesn't demotivate me. I still want things. I still want things, you know. But I I really have had my share. But the reality is I'm not going to keep a gratitude journal. But what I am going to do moving forward is on the days that something happens that makes me super happy or super disappointed, I'm just going to make a note so that next year at this date, June 11th, 2021, I'll have an accurate assessment to look at. Now, I tend to be an optimist. Um, when I tell people how I grew up in a one-bedroom apartment, four of us, my father was a truck driver, a hard worker, my mother was a beautician, um, the only—what's the, only, uh, the word I'm looking for? The only expense that they really made an effort to do was send me to private school. I went to parochial school, so did my sister, we went to Nativity of Our Blessed Lord, uh, on the uh, corner of Clawson and Madison in Brooklyn. That was it. That was their, their big splurge. You know, we were very, very, I don't like to use the word poor because poor implies we wanted things. We didn't want anything. We had everything we wanted. You know, really, it was more about the neighborhood and the family. Um, back then, my cousins and and my aunt lived upstairs from us. So We always had family around. It was wonderful. And I look back at my childhood and I think, wow, I had the most exciting, wonderful childhood. A lot of times when I tell people how I grew up, I think they think to themselves, this guy's got to be crazy like that. People being shot on your street, that, those were the bad parts. The good parts were the, the camaraderie and, and everybody was like family. We all had one thing in common. We were in that neighborhood. Whatever that meant, if it meant that we were poor, if it meant that we didn't have a lot of money, if it meant that we you know, were less intelligent, whatever it meant, it didn't matter because we were all part of that neighborhood. We were part of a fabric that's missing today. And it can't be replaced by social media. I'm sorry. It can't. Um, But the reality is that I'm an optimist. And everything I look at back, when I look back, I just see good. So maybe I'm blinded. Maybe I I see my life through rose-colored glasses. Maybe it's not as great as I think it is. But who cares? As long as I think it is, that's the important thing, really, at the end of the day. But I'm going to start to make a note. When I get super angry, or when I feel super satisfied and fortunate, I'm just going to put a couple words down and next year, cause I will be here next year, next year we'll do this again, but this time I'll actually have a list to read to you and say, these are the things that I didn't want to happen that did. And these are the things that I never imagined, imagined would happen. And they did. And I'll, I'll be able to take better inventory because, uh, Taking inventory of your life in retrospect is kind of like answering a food diary, right? You always overreport the things you think are good and under-report the things you think are bad. And so maybe I choose to only see good, which isn't a bad problem because it makes life a lot more enjoyable. But anyway, so tomorrow I turn 62. I hope you'll be here. I'm working. We'll be doing a good show tomorrow. And uh, I'm looking forward to all of you being here. I Thank you so much. So one of the things I can tell you I'm absolutely, positively, so thankful for is every one of you. And you think that that's like BS, but it's not. Because I feel like a family as part of this show. There's so many people that I communicate with because of this show. Send me information or just send me a nice little message here and there that I I have this expanded family, and it's really worldwide, (laughs) UK, Australia, Sweden. I mean, everywhere you can think, I I have people that I feel like I know. They're friends that I just haven't sat down across from. That's all they are. And so I can tell you that I'm really thankful for this show and what it's done for me, uh, being able to connect with all of you. And thank you for being here for the live show and contributing. And uh, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. So we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow's my birthday. I hope you can make it. Uh, Maybe we'll do something funny for my birthday. Who knows? All right, see you tomorrow. Thanks for being here.